welcome to the show, everyone. My name's Emily. And I'm Paige. And I'm Emmett. And I'm Rosalie. And we are on yet another one of our honeymoons in Europe while everyone else's life crashes down around them. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's good? What's new this week? Um, I cleaned my room yesterday. I... I don't want to say it was a depressive episode, messiness. I'm just a messy person. I always have been. I'm really bad about clutter and throwing things away, even though I know I don't need them. So I hunkered down yesterday. I was like, this is what my day is going to be. I'm cleaning my room. And it's really nice having an open floor again. But in the process, I found out my TV does not work anymore. So I converted the TV stand in my room to another bookshelf, which I actually have really needed because I've just had books and things piled up in all sorts of places. So having the extra space is nice. But now I don't have a TV in my room, which is sad. What happened to your TV, do you think? I think the there, it, there's either something wrong with the power cord or the TV just kicked the can. To be quite honest, I didn't use it that much. I only used it to play PlayStation because we don't have cable. So it was only used for gaming. And when I tried to turn it on, I realized that the light that's on, even when it's off, like the red light for being off wasn't even on. And I tried like changing the outlet. I tried like blowing in the like power cord hole and nothing was doing it. So either the TV itself is is dead or the power cord is, but I'm pretty sure that TV was like $50. So I, I'm not that upset about it. Fair, but may it rest in peace, rest in power. <laughs> It did. It served a lot of Skyrim in my days. So, you know, it did it. It did its job. Nice. It's finally I don't know. Finally is the right word to use, but it is finally like really cold here and it's acting like it might become winter, so, and which makes sense because it's November 2nd. Normally in Colorado, we get an October snow and we didn't this year because the planet is dying. But it's been cozy today. Yeah, I, I mean, it did snow yesterday. Um, yeah it snowed for about 10 minutes I lit every candle in my house because I was like "Ooh, it's time to get cozy it's time to get the winter vibes on and by the time that I lit everything and put the candles all around like the house and got myself all ready to go it was done snowing sad yeah I don't think it snowed and if it did I didn't see it so. yeah it was very brief up here so I'm sure some like, obviously, where you live, got nothing. I'm sure lots of places got nothing. You know, I'm okay with that, because I do like to be cozy, but it gets old about February 1st. I like it being cold, and I like when it's snowing, but I don't have to be in the snow. Like, I like when it snows on my day off, because then I can just stay home, and I have a reason that I didn't leave the house. You don't need a reason. You're an adult. <laughs> I know, but it's nice. It's like, I feel like introverts always get poo-pooed during the summer. Like, you stayed inside all day. You didn't go You didn't go to the reservoir. You didn't go tubing this summer. You didn't go to the drive-in theater. What the heck is wrong with you, you square? Ma'am, I have social anxiety. That's why I stayed home. I have all my groceries. I have my books. I have Tina. I don't need to leave. Damn, you have a good point there. Mm-hmm. This is not related to anything, but I want to tell you this story. I was going to tell you off air, but might as well do it on air. I was at Target yesterday because I use CVS for my pharmacy. And I was waiting in this in, insanely long prescription pickup line. And these two women come up and stand in line behind me for a while. And I'm like, okay, whatever. They're picking up something. And then eventually one holds up their phone to me. And it just says... Um, can you please tell me where is your bathers department? And just for background, I'm there in a shirt that is two sizes too big for me, jeans that are a size too big for me, and those athletic slides, you know, that you just slip your feet into. I have some Nike ones of those. And the shirt is blue. And I'm like, well, I don't work here. But I think it's that way. <laughs> Thinking that they probably meant like, bathroom like health and beauty I hope because I did point towards the health and beauty 
I am not a Target shopper, so I was really the wrong person to ask. <laughs> and I feel bad, but I'm like, ma'am, what gave you the impression that I work here? I The first thing I was going to ask was, were you wearing red? But you already told me, no, it was blue. It was the opposite of red, actually. The slides are what really gets me. Like, you think an employee would wear that footwear? And you said it was a woman that showed you this? Uh, this poor woman. I she's sounds like she's as much of a Target shopper as you were. Yeah, totally. I don't think her or the person that was with her spoke any English. So I, when I was like, I don't work here, I don't think the message got through. So hopefully they found what they needed to find. Yeah. I have been really turned on to, I mean, I don't know if the Target app has this, but the Kroger King Supers app has this. You can type an item in and type which King Supers you're at, and it tells you what aisle it's in. It's amazing. I was one time looking for Nooch, N-O-O-C-H. I'm going to describe what it is to you, and I want you to guess which aisle. Well, where would you go? So it's a vegan slash gluten-free additive that you can add that sort of thickens and it has almost like a cheesy sort of flavor and it's by the same company, um, Bragg's. They make like a liquid amino as like a soy sauce substitute. They're just like a company that does like vegan, gluten-free sort of alternates, but it's, it's for like like adding to make things thick. I'm pretty sure you're talking about nutritional yeast, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I have tried to buy that before and I can never find it, but I don't care that much. I think it's in like the Asian aisle or something. Well, I thought it was in like the baking slash spice aisle. That made the most sense to me. It's in the ketchup aisle. It's literally right next to the ketchup. I think the Asian aisle and the condiment aisle are like, one is one side and one is the other side. Um, so you could be right, but never in my wildest dreams would I have guessed it was in between ketchup and mustard. <laughs> Girl, I'm way ahead of you. I hate to drag you through the mud right now, but I have the Walmart app because I do most of my shopping at Walmart because I'm a broke binge. And not only does it have that feature, which I've been using for a long time, but it knows when I'm there. So I don't even have to say what Walmart I'm at. Because it knows. Okay, I thought I was being, I was being like a tech whiz here. I guess I'm, I guess I'm the old geezer in this situation. <laughs> have you ever seen that meme that's just like a cake and it, it says like, I have to be the most blank at this blank for some reason. The most accurate one I saw for me was this one that said, I have to be the most anxious person at the grocery store for some reason. <laughs> So I have a lot of anxiety around grocery shopping. So that is why I am like this. I have seen one where it's like, I have to be the hottest person in this airport. And that one is me. <laughs> we want to hear from our listeners. Like, what is yours? We would love to hear. Mm -hmm. All right. Straighten my glasses. Talk about this shit. We read two chapters this week from New Moon. Uh, what was it? Paris and Visitor. What did you think of these two chapters? Okay, I, I, it was a mixed bag for me. There was a lot going on in these two. First of all, we have to address the elephant in the room. Here I am talking about France last week. Paris is the character from Romeo and Juliet, not Paris, France. I felt like a bimbo. <laughs> How are you supposed to know that? That's so random. I mean, in all fairness, Romeo and Juliet has been sort of a motif, if you will, throughout this book. Um, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. I literally forgot Paris existed. I forgot he was a character. So if I had, if I had remembered that he was a character, maybe that would have come to mind, especially given who he is in Romeo and Juliet. Um, but yeah, no, that I felt foolish about that. Um, but I thought that it was a really great I don't even want to say foil, uh, a, a great, I guess, side-by-side -side for Jacob makes a lot of sense to me. 
Um, the Harry Clearwater thing, that was extremely sad. I did not see that coming. Um, and I mean, I, I feel like this is the first death in this book that is like a character that we are supposed to feel emotional about. Like, I mean, James dies in the first one, but like good riddance and Laurent's dead, whatever. Um, but yeah, this was this was very tragic, and I'm interested to see how this continues on, especially with characters that are very connected with him, like Charlie and Leah, for example. Um, I I'm gonna be honest. I did think that Bella was gonna get zooped. I thought that I thought <laughs> I thought that Victoria was gonna be in her fucking house, and she was about to get her clock cleaned but then it ended up being Alice and I was like I guess I'm I'm glad that it was Alice because if it had been Edward I would have screamed but I did I I, I was expecting a little more va but it, that it didn't serve it to me but now that there's another Cullen in the mix we're gonna see where this goes I mean bringing one Cullen back I feel like is only gonna bring the rest of them back so we're gonna see and then finally, my last point, I feel so bad for Jacob. I feel really bad for him. This chapter, or these chapters really bum me out in terms of Jacobness. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I'm losing my shit at Zooped. I, I honestly, because like, I called that Victoria thing like halfway through the Paris chapter. And so... I honestly thought it was a trap the whole time. I was on Jacob's team with with it being a threat of the vampire in Bella's house. So when it was just Alice, I was like, damn, okay. Yeah, it would not be hard at all for Victoria to figure out what kind of car the Collins had and buy the exact same one. Yeah, I honestly, Victoria should be taking some notes right now. She should be using her vampire hearing, listening to Jacob over there, and, you know, making her plans accordingly. Yes. Okay, before we go any further, we did, I forgot to announce at the top, that we are going to be doing our Twilight Netflix party on Friday, November 19th at 5 p.m. Mark your calendars. Save the date. So, for those of you who are patrons, we will post the link on Patreon. Um, so like, so that only you guys can see it. And then we have a few others who are coming who are donors or whatever, and we will just DM you that link. And that's 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time? Is Mountain Central? No, Mountain Standard Time. I don't know what the, the clock changes this weekend. I don't know what it means. It's MST. It might not be ST. I think it is. I think it's MST. Then what is the Daylight Savings one? No, I'm saying 5 p.m. like our time zone, mountains, their yes. time. Yes, but there's, I think it's MDT or MST, because MDT is daylight savings time, because not everywhere does it, because Arizona doesn't do it, there's a county in Indiana that doesn't do it, so you, ha- you got to specify. This is the first I'm learning about this. <laughs> Sorry. I did not realize that there were variations of each one. Well, anyways, it's going to be 5 p.m. Colorado time. (laughs) Use your little app on your phone that tells you what time it is in Colorado. Yes. Okay, back to the book. So, the last chapter, as we know, left off with Bella, we thought, Loki dying, drowning. And we begin this chapter with, she thinks she's being beaten repeatedly by a rock. But long story short, it turns out Jacob grabbed her out of the ocean and is, like, trying to get all the water out of her lungs. And as someone who swallowed her fair share of pool water back in the day, I'm like, I cannot imagine how terrible this would be. Mm -mm. I I feel like in cartoons, you always see people who have come out of the water, like this huge gush of water coming out of them. Apparently, it's very accurate. Well, I mean, if we're trusting Stephanie's scientific abilities, but yes. I'm not. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not. But for the sake of arguments, I'll give her this one. Okay, that's fair. 
Bella's very confused at the beginning because, you know, she thinks that she's still moving, which happens when you spend a long day in the ocean. Um, you know, you get that kind of weird feeling in your legs or in your body where you're like, the waves are still going, but they're not. Um, so she realizes that there's another person with her and Jacob on the beach. And eventually she realizes that it's Sam. Um, so then finally she opens her eyes and Jacob is really relieved because I'm sure he like thought she was going to die. Like, that's very scary. And then Sam says, you got her. And Jacob says, yeah, I'll take it from here. Get back to the hospital. I'll join you later. Thanks, Sam. When you read that, were you like, uh, what? Yes, I immediately, this, this ties in with what happens like a few sentences later. My immediate thought is that it was someone on the wolf squad. Um, I thought that there was some kind of altercation with Victoria or some, some other vampire perhaps that resulted in one, one of them having to go to the hospital. And then a little bit down, Bella sees this fire on the ocean and my brain immediately connected when James was killed. They like set the ballet studio on fire to sort of, I think also like burn him up too, like destroy his remains. And so my brain kind of like, was like, maybe they killed Victoria. It was a big battle. They killed her. And somehow her body is on fire and like thrown into the ocean. Like that was what my brain thought immediately. But then we almost, almost immediately find out that it was not that it's Harry. So that was nixed from my brain. But that was my first thought as to what was going on. Yeah. We'll come back to that fire because she brings it up about 12 times in these two chapters. It's like, finally, it's like, Steph, we get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so Jacob takes Bella back to her truck and he says that, you know, he was basically right behind her. He followed her tire tracks and then he heard her scream. So then obviously he jumped out after her and then, um, or not jumped, he just went in the ocean. <laughs> And then um, that's when Bella kind of realizes that he had mentioned the word hospital. And then obviously Jacob shares the news that Harriet Clearwater had a heart attack. Um, and later on, we obviously find out that he did not make it. Very tragic. They handle this very differently in the movie. And I'm very curious to see what you think of that because I wasn't a huge fan. So put a pin in that. Okay. Um, so they drive back to Jacob's house and this is, of all the things in this book that are ridiculous, in this entire book series, I'll even go out on a limb and say the remaining books, this is the most ridiculous. Bella falls asleep in her drowning clothes. If you said, Emily, fall asleep in your drowning clothes or... I will pay you a million dollars. I'd be like, that sucks. I'll just be poor still because I am not sleeping in wet clothes ever. I just want to put it out there. You said fall asleep in your drowning clothes or I'll give you a million dollars. So in that scenario, you get a million dollars. I know what you were going for, but I just wanted to put it out there. You win in that case. You don't have to fall asleep in your drowning clothes and you get a million dollars. So true, bestie. My bad. Um, But I was also going to add, Emily won't even fall asleep in her work clothes in her bed. So falling asleep in drowning clothes, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. And damn clothes as a woman with as a person with thick thighs, wearing wet clothes and moving around, you're a Bruin for some chafing, okay? That's, it's not comfortable. Chafing and a yeast infection. And not only will I not fall asleep in my work clothes, it doesn't even matter if I was at work. If I went to the store, that is outside cloth, and I'm not going to sleep in it. Mm-hmm. Also hypothermia. That's a recipe for that, too. True. True. Anyway, so that she falls asleep in her nasty-ass fucking salty clothes. Can you imagine how she smells right about now? I don't even want to think about it. Me neither, so let's move on. <laughs> so 
So she has a normal dream, she says, for the first time in a long time, where it's just like flashes from her life. And then when she wakes up, she remembers the one image, which is from Romeo and Juliet. I honestly didn't remember. I don't remember that much of Romeo and Juliet because I don't care about it. No, I I remember very little. Um, like the main parts, you know, the stupidness of it, um, the silliness of it, the idiocy of it all. Um, but Paris is not an important person. I think he dies, doesn't he? Does he get murdered? I'm pretty sure Romeo kills him. No. No. Is there another guy who's Ju- who's Juliet's like cousin or is that Paris? I don't know, bro. I don't know. I I was just going along with how Stephanie phrased it that he's like a love interest or something that gets kind of tossed aside I would say or forgotten about you know um but I thought it was a good parallel I mean she does a really good job of finding literature that goes with her stories and kind of shaping them together so I did appreciate it and I think that it's a good point and helps I mean the chapter is called Paris so I think it helps move the chapter along in what this chapter is supposed to be yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that chapter is basically Bella considering whether or not she wants to, you know, try and rebuild. I don't even know if rebuild is the word I would use, but just like find some peace by dating Jacob because she says that like she's never going to like have a relationship like the one she had with Edward, but she's wondering if it's so wrong for her because this whole time she's thought it she's thought that it would be wrong for Jacob, but now she's kind of considering like maybe it wouldn't be so I was gonna I was gonna pick your brain a little bit do you like that phrase you don't like that phrase yeah I don't really like it but that's okay continue um I was gonna see I was gonna peruse your brain a little bit and see what your thoughts were I I keep going back and forth with how I feel about it I guess in general so Bella is not in a healthy place to be in a relationship right now. I don't think that she should date Jacob because I feel like it's going to end up with both of them hurt because she hasn't even healed from this relation, from her previous relationship for her to be in a good place to then pursue someone else. But also at the same time, she was so devastated and Jacob has really, really helped her a lot. And I know that you're not supposed to use a person as a crutch and, find all of the comfort you possibly can and all of your happiness in one person but I feel like maybe being with Jake would help pull her out of her obsession with Edward and maybe help put her on the road to healing a little bit more at least like get her in a better place so it's like half of me doesn't think this is a good idea but the other half of me is like maybe it would be a good thing for her what do you think like, like if, if hypothetically Alice was not there and they just pulled in and Bella ends up kissing him, do you think it would have been good for Bella? I mean, I don't think that's the question that matters, but yes, I do. Yeah, I, I think that I, I agree. I mean, like I said, I don't think that she should do it immediately. I feel like she has a lot of healing to do on her own, but Also, the amount of happiness she's been getting from him and, like, how better of a place she's already in from him, I feel like would definitely help set her on a better path. Yeah, I agree. I just think the question we should be asking is, is it right? And I have a couple thoughts around that. I mean, no matter what Bella does, I feel like they're both going to get hurt because she's going to be sad if she can't make him happy. He's obviously going to be sad if she never goes for it. Cause I think even though he says he's okay with her, not like there's always going to be that hope for him. And so I think they're kind of screwed no matter what, but I also think that Jacob's 16, if this was two adults, it'd be a very different conversation. And technically Bella is an adult, but like just barely. (laughs) And I just really don't believe that Jacob has a well-developed enough brain to consent to this because you know if it was two adults I could be like well he knows her issues and he's still choosing to do it but that's different for a 16 year old 
Yeah, they're they're both very not emotionally developed enough for what's going on right now. Especially if you also add on all of the like crazy emotional baggage that dealing with like all of this. I mean, I war trauma. I don't know how I even want to phrase it. Like Jacob is literally like having to go out and protect uh, innocent people from being murdered by supernatural beings. The woman that he loves keeping her safe. Like he's a child and also having to like, deal with that on top of the physical strain of it all. Bella is clearly dealing with her own shit. Like she almost died. She's dealing with that on top of the emotional strain of her crazy breakup, having all of her friends ripped from her life, having her whole entire worldview that she's developed now, just not a thing anymore. Like both of them are not like they're dealing with so much shit for children to be dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it would be good for Bella. I don't think it'd be good for Jacob. And yeah, I don't think morally it checks out for me personally. Yeah, I was just trying to like decide how I felt. Like, should Bella be doing this? Should she not be doing this? And I just kept going back and forth. So I was just curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about this? Oh, Bella, kind of in this reflection that she's having, she realizes that she has been acting a fool with all her adrenaline junkie stuff. Um, I mean, it's a good time to get perspective because she says, you know, everything with Harry kind of put things into perspective for her. So that's good. She shouldn't have done it in the first place, but it is good. I mean, she's young. She's a kid. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a huge tragedy, but if something good is going to come out of it, let that happen, you know? Totally. Yeah. And she keeps thinking about the fire on the ocean. And eventually we find out that it, Victoria was just chilling in the water, which I don't know. It's just hard for me to picture. Like I can kind of see that, but like, I can't really picture Jacob like swimming in after Bella. I guess maybe she wasn't that deep out. I don't know. My thoughts are that she was underwater when Jacob was coming and then as they were like heading back and they had their backs to the water, she emerged to see what was going on. Like I could totally see her sharking it, like going to like grab Bella underwater. But then when she realized it was kind of not in the cards, her surfacing because she wanted to see what was going on above the water, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just interesting. Um, so then Billy pulls up to the house. Well, Billy and Sam. And that's when they find out that Harry didn't make it. And Jacob says he's going to take Bella home. So this is kind of a continuation of Bella's reflection from earlier. You know, she's thinking, like, I could easily just kiss him right now. Like, it would kind of just set the whole thing off. And do you think she would have? Not should, not like all of what we just talked about, but if Alice is, if Carlisle's car isn't in her driveway, do you think she would do it? I think she would. Okay. I, I had a little like kind of piggybacking off what we were just talking about. I also don't think that kissing him would be the right time for it all because I think everyone is going through a lot, especially Jacob going through a lot of very raw emotions at knowing that someone very close to both of their families just died and stirring up. Like, I feel like that stirred up a lot of things in both people and Bella maybe just would have this sort of like, well, what do I have to lose? You know, like life is short kind of a thing. Like her realizing, you know, I've been wasting all my time and really abusing the gift that I have by risking my life, why not like also keep, why not, why not also take advantage of what I have and maybe find some happiness? I could definitely see her doing that, but not a, I feel like it's not a good idea to be throwing that in, onto Jacob's plate too, while now he's experiencing grief very viscerally. 
like how is he supposed to how how is he supposed to deal with all of this like if it were me and I just lost someone so close to me and then my crush just suddenly decides yep I'm kissing you now I feel like I would be a wreck like I don't I don't know how I would be able to deal with all of that so I don't I think she would have but I don't think it would have been smart given the timing of it all yeah, and I feel like it would have introduced some doubt for Jacob because it would be like, did she just do it because she felt bad for me type of thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, that is another thing that I would think, too. Like, it's because I'm I'm in a hard place right now and she's trying to come for me. It's not genuine. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Luckily, Alice is there to save the day. Um, poor Jacob is really mad because Bella says that she wants to turn around and go back. He's like, fine, do it yourself. I'm out, which I respect. Um, And also he's like not really supposed to be there because of the whole treaty that they have. So it's like technically the Colon's land. So he disappears to go tell the pack what's going on. And then there's, you're welcome for not leaving you on this cliffhanger because I could have. But there is a little cliffhanger at the end of this chapter where Bella... um, you know, she's struggling to turn on the light. And right before she does, she has the realization about Victoria being in the water. And then the last sentence of the chapter is, I blinked into the sudden light and saw that someone was there waiting for me. Yeah, I would have been livid. <laughs> I've done that enough to you, this book, I think. Um, Did you have anything from that chapter we didn't cover? I guess it's kind of just broad, but... One of the parts that made me feel the most bad for Jacob was this part, because I'm picturing... I'm 16. I'm in love with this girl. I now have these supernatural powers. And I just like, I don't know, I guess a week ago, a couple days ago, found out that the person we've been hunting is literally here to kill the woman that I love. So obviously he was already, he already wanted to catch his prey. He he wanted to protect the innocent people who had been dying, but now he's even more invigorated to do it because he's protecting the woman that he loves. And all of his time, all of his energy, he's exhausted. You know, he's doing all of this shit for Bella, literally risking his life and his friends' lives are too for Bella. And for her to just kind of be like, well, I'll, I'm going to risk it. I'm just... I, I'm I'm just going to go for it. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Even the, like to have his reaction, I good on him. I think like I think it's fair. I think it's unfair of Bella to just kind of ignore all the sacrifices that he's been making to keep her safe and all of the other Wolfgang guys. Wolfgang, that's a name. Um but I I, my heart totally went out to Jacob in this because how infuriating would it be for the one person that you've been doing all this for to kind of just be like, well, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to kind of throw it all. Not that she's throwing it away, but I'm going to ignore your, your warnings. I'm going to do what I think is right. And she kind of realizes when she's going in, like, maybe this is a trap. Maybe this was a bad idea. Yeah, bitch, maybe it is. Why didn't you think about that before? I just, I felt, so bad because I feel like at this point he's probably thinking why am I doing all this why am I he was already feeling upset that he's been forced to be this werewolf but maybe now you know oh well now I have a reason now I have someone to protect now I have like a a driving force to keep me going forward now it's kind of all been thrown out the window I just felt really really bad for Jacob and also all the other wolf guys too yeah yep (laughs) I mean she becomes like lizard brain in that moment when she's like it's a call and I gotta go like she doesn't have any regard for him at all yeah and also all the work that she's been doing for herself I don't know if work is the right word but like I feel like she's been making some progress in the right direction of getting herself into a healthier place a little bit at least, and I feel like her indulging in this is just going to send her right back. Like, clearly, in the next chapter, we see how distraught she gets when Alice leaves for an hour. Like, I I feel like she's doing a disservice to Jacob, and she's also doing a disservice for herself. I totally agree. Yeah. All of that being said, with it 
it could have been any of the colons if it was going to be a colon, right? So how'd you feel about it being Alice? I thought great choice. I mean, I, of all of the colons, I thought, I think I had mentioned this many, many episodes ago that I thought that Alice might keep a lookout for her. And Alice says that she wasn't necessarily going out of her way, but they had such a strong connection that she couldn't help it. So it made complete sense to me that Alice would show up given what she thinks is going on, that she would want to do something, at least be there, you know? So for a brief moment, I thought it was going to be Rosalie. And I was like, what the fuck? Because I knew it was a vampire. I knew it was a girl. Like, I think she says like something about her, her beauty, her, she was so beautiful, which made me think that it was Rosalie. And I was like, where is this chapter going to go? But then it was Alice. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it does make sense. Um, there's not really plot holes in this. Um, I was going to ask you this at the end, but I'll just ask you now because we're already on the topic. Why do you think Alice can't see, quote unquote, see the werewolves like in her visions? I kind of just figured it was something supernatural because Laurent, when Laurent shows up for the one chapter he does in this book. He clearly has some understanding of werewolves and how much of a danger they are. So werewolves and vampires are clearly tied. I mean, we know werewolves literally only exist to hunt and kill vampires. So I feel like it just has something to do with the supernatural makeup of it all. Like Alice can see vampires and she can see humans but maybe werewolves aren't included in her in her powers you know just like something to do with her powers or the werewolves powers like I I think it's just kind of like the makeup of it all right yeah that makes sense um obviously her and Bella have a lot of catching up to do um you know Bella realizes pretty quickly that Alice thought that she was jumping to end her own life. Um, and Alice doesn't really believe the whole deal about Bella saying it was recreational. And then obviously Alice says that she didn't see Jacob pulling her out. Um, she like scolds Bella for being friends with a werewolf, which I'm like, you don't really have the right to at this point. <laughs> like, sorry. Didn't she spend an entire year being friends with your entire family? Like, this, let the girl have her fun. She's, you know, she's, she was in a lot of danger living with you guys, too. And, I mean, look what fucking happened with James. So, I mean, like you said, like, you're one to talk. And also, I know people can't control their partners, but she's literally dating the one that was, like, tried to kill her of their family. (laughs) I'm I'm doing the emoji that's just the two eyes looking sideways. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Um okay. Then when Alice finds out about Victoria and Laurent, she is very upset. And then she says, I'm on page 389. Our leaving didn't do you any good at all, did it? And Bella says, that was never the point though, was it? It's not like you left for my benefit. And then Alice is basically like, maybe I shouldn't have come. And Bella freaks out, as Paige was kind of mentioning earlier. She freaks out again later. And then she has the audacity to tell Bella that she's a mess. And Bella says, I'm doing my best. It hasn't been easy. I'm working on it. And all Alice says is, I told him. Meaning Edward, obviously. So then Jacob calls to make sure, or not to make sure, to like see, because he thinks she's probably dead. So he calls to see if she's, Bella is still alive. Um, And then he doesn't really talk much. He just hangs up as soon as he confirms that fact. So then Bella asks Alice to stay with them, even though she could stay at her house, which I'm like, she says, I have a house, Bella. I'm like, they definitely left it furnished then. Yeah, they just got up and left, which, again, leads me to think that Victoria could 100% pretend to be one of the Cullens and trick her. Like, clearly, all their shit is still there. She could have pulled some, she could have pulled some shit. Yeah, definitely. She's kind of slacking, you're right. (laughs) Okay, so Bella, or sorry, Alice hasn't hunted in a long time, so 
um, she leaves to go do that. And then Bella kind of cleans up and gets food ready for Charlie. I just want to say poor Charlie, because he's dealing with enough. And then he comes back to see that a member of the family that destroyed his daughter is here. Like, I think he's very gracious given the circumstances. I know he liked Alice before, but. Yeah, I think if it had been anyone but Alice, he may have had a different tune. Like, I think because he had such a good relationship with her, it made it a little better. But if it had been anyone else, I think he would have been a little more hostile towards the situation. Yeah. And also, it was Loki kind of wrong of Bella to be like, you could stay here. Like, her dad's best friend just passed away. Like, yeah. I think that there's a lot, one of the issues I had with this chapter is I feel like there's a, a lot of insensitivity on Bella's part, given the circumstances. And I mean, even in the last chapter, like I mentioned, I think that kissing Jacob would have been completely wrong, given what Jacob is going through right now. And I know that Bella isn't especially close with Harry, but she knows how close he was with Harry, and also how close he was with the Blacks. So... I feel like you, I literally forgot Harry died, like, for the, for the first, you know, quarter to half of this chapter, like, before Charlie comes home, I, I literally forgot, and, I mean, I guess Bella doesn't really need to be, you know, everyone grieves in their own way, and Bella might not necessarily be feeling grief as hard as the others, but I feel like she isn't considering everyone else's emotions, given the situation. Yeah, no, I totally agree. There's the part later on, which we'll come back to where we were, but a couple days later when Charlie leaves um, to go to the literal funeral, she pretends to be asleep. And I'm like, I just, not saying I'm the best or whatever, but I feel like if one of my parents' friends died, I would like wake up, even if I wasn't going to go to the funeral. I would like wake up and be like, like have breakfast with them and just give them a hug before they had to leave. You know, like she literally is like, anyways, he's gone. What are we going to do today? That's literally what she says. Also, I was really shocked she did not go to the funeral. Yeah. I mean, I know Alice is there, but it's like, you can wait. She can wait. Like, I literally, that was, that absolutely shocked me. I wrote that in big, huge fucking letters in my notes. Like, not only is it your dad's best friend, you have been at La Push for like what, like a month now? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the timing of this, but she is very close with a lot of the Quillute people now, especially the Blacks, who are doing all this shit for her. The least you could do would be to go and pay respects to a member of the community who's very close with all those people, and he's a family friend of yours too. Like I. I was entirely shocked about it. Yeah. Agreed. Anyways, back to where we were. Um, okay, so Bella asks, this is before Charlie ever gets home from the hospital, but Bella asks if Edward knows that Alice is in Forks and she says no, um, and that she was in Denali visiting Tanya's family. Edward only checks in every few months, and Jasper's not here. So then Charlie arrives, and he is much nicer about Alice being there and staying there than I would have been. But um, shortly thereafter, Bella falls asleep on the couch, and she wakes up, and Alice and Charlie are talking about her. Why do... This is, like, so realistic. Why do people have these conversations? My mom does this shit. Like, when we're on vacation, I wake up to, like, her talking about me in the next room. Why? You know there's going to be people listening. Also, I, Alice, like, with her supernatural powers, like, how does she not, like, see or know that Bella's awake? I feel like she has to know. I feel like she does know and she doesn't care. I feel like this this chapter's Alice is different from the Alice we've seen in the past. I thought that she was a little colder in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she probably feels like she almost has a duty to be a little bit distant because Edward was like, we leaving, you know? 
Yeah. I just, I was kind of anticipating the, I mean, she does kiss Bella on the cheek and, you know, she's affectionate, but I just, it was, she was just a little different than how I remembered her. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So Alice and Charlie's conversation is about how Bella was when the Collins left. And we get some brand new information because Bella was not telling us this part um, from her side of the story. So at first she was catatonic. Um, She wouldn't eat or drink. And then Charlie called Renee to come get her um, because he was like, he says, I just didn't want to be the one if she had to go to a hospital or something. And so they started packing her clothes and Bella basically quote unquote wakes up and she threw, she throws a fit and she says that she's not leaving. And so then they think it's going to be fine because she's like up and walking and talking and like having emotions. And then she kind of goes into the lifelessness that we arrived at after like the time jump. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. It makes sense. But I think it's, I think it's interesting that, does, does Bella say she doesn't remember this or? She cringes, which makes me think like, oh, she does remember it and she doesn't want to think about it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's telling that the narrator chooses not to include that information when we jump back into things. Um, you know, I there's definitely things that I've done in the past when I've been not in a great mental state that I'm really embarrassed about, and I'm embarrassed that people have that memory of me, and I don't talk about it. So I get it, but I it was it was interesting to read that that did happen since we didn't we had no idea. Yeah, definitely, and like this laid into the book too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So then Charlie keeps telling Alice about how, you know, Bella was screaming in her sleep, but now she started hanging out with Jacob Black and, you know, she's like a little bit, she seems to be getting a little bit better. Um, and Charlie's just very, like, I think he's more perceptive than Bella gives him credit for because he says he's a year or so younger than her. And I know she used to think of him as a friend, but I think maybe it's something more now or headed that direction anyways. And it's kind of like Bella thinks he's saying it as a warning for Alice to pass on, like, in case Edward's getting any ideas. And then he drags his ex-wife. I cannot. I was dead on the floor. She says, speaking about Jacob, he says he's taking care of his father physically the way Bella took care of her mother emotionally. I, I really like that part because I hadn't considered that both of them are taking care of their parents in one way or the other, but you are damn right. He He's like, he just breezes on through that. Like it's not new information. I mean, it's not new information, but like, he just says it like Alice probably doesn't know anything about this, but you know what? I'm just dropping this in. <laughs> that was so savage. Like Jesus. Uh, okay. So then um, he, keeps on talking about the whole situation and he says, you know, even though she seems to be getting better with Jacob, um, she kind of was acting like someone died. And then Bella says, it was like someone had died, like I had died, because it had been more than just losing the truest of true loves as if that were not enough to kill anyone. It was also losing a whole future, a whole family, the whole life that I'd chosen. And that, I I think that's worth noting because it feels like it sums up this whole book pretty much and how, or at least up until this point and how she's felt. Yeah. And I, I think that she kind of hasn't really like said that out loud. You know, I feel like we've all maybe felt it a little bit, but I, she's kind of now confronting that herself. Like she talks about being a zombie earlier and how she was lifeless, but she never really says like, that part of me died. I was, I, I died in that way. You know, like she's now actually coming face to face with that. Yeah. Owning it. Mm-hmm. So then Charlie says, you know, I hope that you being here, like won't set Bella back. And Alice agrees. And then Charlie asks Alice if Edward is coming 
And Alice says, he doesn't even know I'm here. The last time I spoke with him, he was in South America. And Charlie says, that's something at least. Well, I hope he's enjoying himself. And then Alice kind of stands up for him and says, I wouldn't make assumptions, Charlie. So that's when Bella kind of decides to, quote unquote, wake up. And so um, she goes into the kitchen and Charlie is gone all day because he's helping set up a literal funeral. We don't need to go over it again, but that's, you know, where we're at. And so Alice and Bella spend the whole day talking and, you know, she gives them updates on everyone else in the family, but Edward, Emma and Rosalie are on a honeymoon. Um, Carlisle, it sounds like they're living in New York. Ithaca's in New York, right? Is that where Cornell is? It's somewhere on the East Coast. I, I think it's New York, but it could be like Pennsylvania or something. I don't know. Okay, so yeah, um, Carlisle's still working nights, and then he's teaching, Jasper's going to school, Esme is restoring a house, and then Alice has been, you know, kind of uncovering things from her human life that she doesn't have any memory of. She finds her grave, which is very spooky. Um, The date, her quote-unquote death date, and the day that she was admitted to the insane asylum, insane asylum, are the same. Because, you know, back then it was like people were ashamed of that kind of thing. Yeah, it made me, because in my mind, I'm like, they had no one to bury. Her body wasn't there. It's just a a false grave, you know, it's just a grave marker. And I'm sure no one was coming by to visit it. Like, I feel like they just did that for bookkeeping's sake. And it made me think like, it does not seem outlandish that hundreds of these graves, not not just empty graves, but like graves of people that were admitted to these asylums that were not given respect and never visited because families just wrote their loved ones off for having some kind of mental illness. Like, it made me really sad thinking about it. Just that time in American history is just so dark and ghastly. It's fucked up. Yeah, it is. It made me sad, too. I mean, it's good for Alice to kind of reclaim her identity, but it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, I I kind of forgot about that part of Alice's backstory and getting that little bit of closure. It's like, huh, okay, I'm glad I had that. I kind of had forgotten about it, but it is a nice little bookend to that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so the next day is when Charlie leaves to go to the funeral. And Bella decides to do chores at home because, I mean, and this is good, that she wants to make life easier for Charlie. And, like, she's been neglecting the chores, so she does do that. I mean, maybe that's kind of her way of, you know, contributing. Still think she should have gone to the funeral, but whatever. I mean, not whatever. She should have gone to the fucking funeral. Yeah, it's pretty insensitive. I mean, imagine you're Jacob and your best, I mean, I don't know if Bella is his best friend. She keeps calling him her best friend, but you're pretty close to best friend doesn't come to to this funeral. That would, that would speak volumes to me. Yeah, me too. So Bella's cleaning the bathroom when all of a sudden the doorbell rings. And because Alice hadn't seen it coming, she realizes it must be a werewolf. Um, So she immediately pieces out. She says, it wouldn't be a good idea to have me and Jacob Black in a room together. So she just leaves. And then that's literally the end of the chapter. Kind of abrupt. Yeah, it's true. I, I was wondering, I'm... I feel like the answer is probably no. Um, But we know that werewolfism, werewolficity, is caused by vampires being in the same area, being around. If a vampire is really close to a werewolf, does it automatically make them change, like being so close in proximity? I was thinking maybe that could be the case, but then I was like, Victoria was like right there when ba- when Jacob saved Bella so and I don't think he turned into a werewolf so it's probably not the case but I was just curious 
Yeah. It it's not the case. Okay. Um yeah, did you have anything from that second chapter that we didn't cover? Not no, not really. I my very last point was about how is Belle not going to this funeral? What the fuck? Like I I I'm just so rattled about that that I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, fair. I decided mid episode that I'm gonna have you do a half read of the next chapter. I was just gonna have you read it, but then I realized that I gotta see your reaction to this shit that's gonna happen in the next chapter live. So it is called The Funeral. Does it start on page 404 for you? Do you have your book? Um, yes, it does. Okay, so read through page 411, please, and then okay. stop. Sounds good. That's about half of the chapter. So, got any predictions? Well, my thought is, I mean, obviously, I feel like the main point has to do with Harry Clearwater's funeral. So I think that maybe this is Jacob showing up and being like, what the fuck, bitch? You didn't go to the funeral? Like, that's really insensitive. Like, I can't believe you did that. And then some sort of, like, argument or, like, kind of, like, climax of, like, well, what's it going to be, Bella? You loca. Is it me or is it the vampires? Like, you you got to tell me one way or the other. And I feel like the funeral could, in theory, be, like, like the death of whatever maybe relationship she had with Jacob. It, I feel like, I feel like it's going to be the end of something like the end, the closure of something. And my thoughts are that it has to be with Jacob because I mean, he's there, he's showing up. I'm assuming it's Jacob. Like Alice couldn't see him, but who else would be showing up? Who's a werewolf at Bella's front door, you know? So I feel like there's going to be some kind of major argument and maybe an end to what we know of Jacob and Bella, possibly. We'll see. Clearly something crazy is going to happen because you want to see my live reaction. <laughs> yeah, I guess just in general, like, where do you see the rest of this book heading? I mean, Victoria's still there. So maybe there's going to be some sort of, like, battle, but she's no longer with the the Quileute so it's kind of just her navigating like being in fear all the time I do remember and I don't even know if it's in this fucking book it could have been an eclipse but there's one point where in the movie that Bella Edward and Jacob are all camping together and I'm like what the fuck is that so that somehow Edward is coming back so I feel like it's possible at some point in this book he could be coming back. I couldn't tell you when, but maybe there will be a, a three-way camping trip. Who knows? <laughs> Can you imagine if the next chapter was just he comes back and they all decide to go camping? That would be pretty steamy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, madame. It's your turn to do the socials. Okay, we have been popping off with memes on Twitter. I just want to say that I found an amazing TikTok of someone cosplaying as Carlisle drawing Charlie. And I sent it to Emily and she was like, Hannah already sent us this. And I was like, okay, never mind then. So thank you, Hannah, for all the amazing TikToks and memes. But you can tweet at us, send us those memes at TaftPod on Twitter. You can follow us on Tumblr and Instagram at Tuesdays Are For Twilight. You can email us if you'd like to write us some nice things via email format at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. And if you're so inclined to give us a monetary gift, which we would always love and appreciate and want to kiss your foreheads, you can do that at Patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And on that same note, we encourage and fully support and 100% shout it from the mountaintops. Please check out the Quileute's efforts to move their cultural land to higher grounds. And you can find out more about that and donate at www.mthg.org. Yes, ma'am. You nailed it. Um, and then if you want to be at 
our patrons and donors only event on November 19th. Either join us on Patreon or donate or both. And um, we like if it's a choice, definitely do the Quilliots. But um, if you do go that route, just DM us on one of the social medias or email us proof of your donation and you will be in. Paige, what do you got for our closer today? I have three words for you, and I want everyone to take these three words to heart this this week, okay? And ac- actually for the rest of your lives. Live. Laugh. And I cannot stress this enough. Love. <laughs> okay, we'll be back next week with a half um, live reading of Chapter 18 of New Moon. Bye, guys. Bye! <laughs> Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. (laughs) ¶¶